this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. You're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm useful, and I'm Evan. I'm a vision of the coming apocalypse, and I'm Ronnie. As you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending—it's a bad night for all of us. Dab 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 dab. That's your mutant power. Dab on your haters. Oh God. Okay. Are we done? Dab on the haters. Four twenty. Okay, now we're done. Okay, it's sixty-nine. Sixty-nine. Nice, nice, nice. If you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows that have only lasted for a single season. We're currently covering Wolverine and the X-Men. But before we get into that, and I'm really struggling tonight, damn. I was going to say, we get uh, into, did, is, is this a drunk recap and I was not aware? Just, I did not imbibe? I'm just stuttering a lot. No, okay. Andy's not drunk. I was with them all night. Before we get into Wolverine and the X-Men... Evan has a bit for us. I have a bit. I have a bit. It was very easy. It's the most obvious bit we could possibly do. And it's, uh, what would your mutant power be? Hmm. Is this a power like we exist in real, like, like we have in real life? Or are we picking an X-Man whose powers we want? Um, I'm going to, here, let's spice it up. Make um, it spicy. Pick a, you, you get, you know how... You were just saying some X-Men have, like, sub-powers. They got their main power, and then they got a side power. Well, I wasn't saying that on the podcast, well, but no. while, while watching X-Men, we were discussing this. Yeah, yeah. Some, like, Nightcrawler's a good example. He's He's got, like, the weird sticky feet, and also he's shaped weird, and also he's blue, and also he teleports. Like, he's got a medley of strange attributes. He has attributes. a prehensile tail. He does have a prehensile tail. So, pick yourself a good... Mutant power, and then a shitty mutant power. Like, possibly a detriment, but, like, one that's good and useful, and that you could do some, like, potential... Like, that good enough to get you on the team, and then a shitty side power. So, there's a there's a character in one of the X-Men novels I read, like, like a regular-ass book, and he's a student at the Xavier Institute, and he has very heavy scales covering his entire body, but he does not have super strength. So he has to get pushed around everywhere in a wheelchair. Oh, wow. That I yeah. mean, that kid's just disabled. That's not a superpower. I mean, it is because they use him as a shield at one point in the book. Because okay. he, has, he has very heavy armor scales covering his entire body, but he, he's just, he doesn't have any super strength, though. Hmm. <laughs> So what's your what's your good power? If that's oh your- well, that's not my bad power. I just brought up an oh, okay. awful power. Okay. Um, I mean, I would just pick the the real life superpower I have, which is that I'm very lucky. So I would take long shots. Mm. Okay, because it's super useful. Luck is good. And what's your shitty power? What's your shitty power mm-hmm. is um. Hmm, let me sit on that. Go around to someone else for a good power. Okay, Ronnie. Um. So for my good power, I think it would be like I would be like the forge of of the X-Men, except I would be the forge of the kitchen and I would just be able to like 
make food just taste real good. <laughs> like, like, like. That's, I not, even, just like, that's con- not a superpower. That's just an actual power. That's just an actual skill. No, but it's like I would I would be a real bad chef. But like when I burn the garlic, I would be able to be like turn the time back on the garlic and like it would be fresh garlic again. And like if I if I over salted the soup, it would you know the soup would not be so salty anymore. Um, just like just like a magic shaker that like turns all food delicious, even food that's not that great. Probably would be mine. And um, so the shaker is it part of your body though? I think I'm the sh- like in uh, metaphorically I'm the shaker here. I just like oh, okay. wave my so fingers you're, over you're top. Dandruff. You're you just shake skin flakes I guess into so. it. Yeah, it's just it's bits of me make food delicious. You're, I am MSG you, man. You, <laughs> Ronnie's made out of MS. I'm not sure if that's a good power or a shitty power, actually. I don't know either, but because my other power is that I have in mind is also shitty. What's your other one? My other power is like very, very limited telepathy. Where I can uh. like inception people to just when I'm in like a group by myself, I can inception people to want to talk to me instead of me having to go over and try and insert myself into conversations. That's all I want. That's like that's all of my all of my internet fame and all of my like all I want is for people to recognize me and come up to me instead of me having mm. to like say, oh no, like how do I interact with humans? How do I how do I say hello? My name is. I just want people to say, hi, you look cool and friendly. And I'll be like, I sure am. Let's be friends. That's literally how we became friends, Ronnie. Basically. <laughs> I, I literally pre- went over to you and was like, hey, you seem cool and friendly. Yeah. Not like all these fucking twits around here, <laughs> man. Yeah, it is. That is basically it. I want every all of my friends to be just like Andy, basically. Aww, there's, that's, wow. there's, that's a but, shitty superpower. <laughs> All of your friends are anti. <laughs> no, I'm a bad friend. You, I'm, no, I'm too no. narcissistic. You can duplicate people, but only one person. Only <laughs> one that person. one person. <laughs> I choose Andy. Um, my my good power would be uh, long distance teleportation. I'd save so much money on like airfare uh, and like. Like gas and like all kinds of stuff. It'd just be so convenient. I don't want the um, the nightcrawler limitation of it can only be like three miles or whatever. You want that Hayden Christensen movie Jumper? Sure. I don't. I haven't seen that, but yeah, I want to be able to teleport long distances. Uh, I'll take some kind of limitation if it's like, I don't know, a hundred miles or something, but I want long distance teleportation and my shitty power will be, um, I can shapeshift enough to, uh, change my skin color to a weird color, but not disguise my appearance at all. So like I can turn myself purple or red or green or whatever. Do you just want this for cosplay? Yes. It's very specific yeah. reason for, for desiring this. Yes, but it would be so nice. I'd look very good and not have to do skin paint ever again. It would be useless for, like, crime fighting or real life in any way. But, yeah, I can pick my useless power and its weird skin colors at will. 
What's your shitty power, babe? I think my shitty power is that I'm very attractive to uh, straight cis women over 40. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. again, already true. Already true. Yeah. Yeah. But that that's apparently just 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 them and Evan. So that's who I got. So I think in this scenario, our code names would be Chameleon, uh, Crispy, and Andy, I forget what your good power was. Being lucky. Right, right. Uh, just uh, f- Clover. <laughs> that sounds like a stripper name. Which would Crisp, appeal to forty-year-old women, cis yeah. women. Crispy Clover and Crispy and Chameleon. Oh, I'm Chameleon. I'm I accidentally the made them all C's, and I'm not upset about it. <laughs> our, our 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 team name is Triple C. Triple C. So before we uh, before we get into the recaps, we. We got a, a question from Artificial Ghost Radio, our friends over there. They wanted to know why Gambit was even an X-Man. Hmm. And I thought it'd be fine if you and Evan like guessed why Gambit was an X-Man, and then I can give the really long convoluted answer. Because they let anybody be an X-Man, basically. I mean, that's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> if you have powers and you're hanging around long enough, you just get assimilated into the X-Men. Like, congrats, you're an X-Men now. There have been multiple non-mutants who have been members of the X-Men. Too. Yeah, go so, figure. Yeah. Spider-Man was briefly an X-Men. I don't think that's, that's not true. true. <laughs> he was on the Fantastic Four. <laughs> Ronnie, what's your answer? I... Huh. I mean, if if there is a long convoluted answer, that makes me want to guess a long convoluted answer. Um, I think probably just like him, him and Rogue have a little bit of a thing. I know. So maybe like Rogue had got She's like missionary dating him for. Yeah, for exactly. <laughs> exactly. She, they go out on long dates and it's like, have you heard about Charles Xavier? I just, I just, just you know, wanted to, wanted to ask just in case you know we end up together forever and we want to, we want to be together for eternity. We're saving ourselves for days of future past. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saving myself for the horseman of the apocalypse. Gambit became a horseman. He became death. Good See? job, Ronnie. Yeah, look at me. And that's even more reason why he probably shouldn't be an X Man. Why is he an X-Man, Andy? Look, Ronnie, they let anybody in. (laughs) So here is... Okay, do you want the retconned version or the real version or both? I'm going to give you both. Yeah, we have all night. Whatever, it doesn't matter how long this podcast is. You were always going to give us both. Like, there was no choice there. I love Gambit very much. So the retconned version is that Gambit was a member of the Thieves Guild, which was always at war with the Assassin's Guild in New Orleans, like you do. And Gambit's brother was always like, Gambit, you're too good at fighting. You need to be a better thief. Like, you're basically an assassin. And Gambit was like, how dare you? I'm an, I'm a thief through and through. I'm going I'm to lead this guild someday. And then there was, like, some shenanigans, and Gambit killed some people uh, and started a war with the, the Assassin's Guild, and in order to end the war, uh, the Thieves Guild agreed to banish Gambit. So he had to leave New Orleans. So he's just kind of like walking around, like not sure what to do. Like, oh shit, I just got banished. And he found uh, 
Storm, who had been... Uh, do you guys remember the movie Sky High? Of course I remember the movie I Sky know of High. it. I've never seen it. The, the villain's plot was to turn the heroes into babies. That happened to, <laughs> that happened to Storm. And so Gambit found, like, little child Storm and was like... She was picking pockets, and he was like, oh, like, you're like a little version of me. And she's like, actually, I'm a full-grown woman. And he's like, that's weird. And she's like, you want to... You want to help me out here? And he's like, I guess so. So he helps her out. And then when the X-Men come to pick up Baby Storm and re-adultify her, uh, they were like, hey, like you like pitched in, like you want to join our team? And Gambit was basically like, I don't have anything better to do right now. Sure. (laughs) Now, that's kind of the retcon. What was really going on with the author at the time was... He wanted Gambit to be a broken clone of Cyclops. Gambit's original powers, he had to, like, stare at the object he was charging. And, like, some, like, beam would come out of his eyes. And then he'd throw it and it would explode. So he had, like, a shittier version of Cyclops' powers. And Mr. Sinister had made him and was using him to infiltrate the X-Men... And then he was going to, like, kill the real Cyclops and replace him or some shit. But the author got kicked off the book. So he introduced Gambit and then got fired. And the new writer, like, looked at the notes and was like, well, that's fucking stupid. We're not doing that. But, like, Gambit was on the team at that point. So he just, like, didn't use that part of the story. Now, why on earth do you let Gambit around children when he is clearly, like, you know, borderline, borderline alcoholic, like sex addict thief. Uh, that's a good question. But I, I, I think Evan's point stands of they just kind of let any adult in there with powers teach shit. And like, you don't need a degree or anything. Yeah. There's no regulations. There's no standardized tests that you have to take to be a mutant school. I, I'm guessing professor. the, I'm guessing the only teachers at that school that have any sort of teaching certificate are beast Cyclops and Storm. I doubt anyone else bothered. I don't even know why those three would bother, frankly. I think Beast they is... do whatever they want. Beast is a fucking nerd. Scott likes rules. Beast, Beast probably would. And, and Storm has too much pride in herself to not, like, get the, like, at least bare minimum requirements. Everyone else is just, like, a fucking teenager or, like, a really bad role model. Anyway, that's the whole answer. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole answer. That's why Gambit is an X-Man. Uh, he kind of fell into an ass backwards in both versions. And uh, I think they keep him around because sometimes when you're leading a mutant revolution, you need a thief. You need to get your hands dirty. And that's why you have Remy LeBeau hanging around your mansion with children. Since we're uh, Since we're talking about other stuff, I want to share an anecdote. Uh, This week, I had to give a presentation about my job duties at my job because we have, like, a thing where other people, like, shadow other departments to, like, learn about, you know, as a, like, unity and enrichment thing. Like, different departments learn about other departments through, like, shadowing. And I had to give a presentation about my job duties. And I put uh, Nightcrawler on the any questions slide at the end because I just threw in a couple of my interests because it was supposed to be an intro to yourself also. And somebody asked me why Nightcrawler was on the slide and I was like, oh, it's because he's my favorite X-Man. And she was like, oh, why is he your favorite X-Man? 
And I was not prepared to answer that question at work and within the time limit. Evan quickly starts hiding his pictures of Lotor and uh, fucking that that other purple twink from that dragon show. Runan. And yeah. um, that purple Long twink. Mock. Yeah, Tiefling. Just like, oh, uh, he just let me delete some slides. Have, I'm not I'm, ready to answer questions about them either. Uh, yeah. Uh, my Most of my answer was like, oh, he's... Mm, I identify with him, and he's blue, and he's got a tail, and look at him, he's adorable. I could not go deeper, I could, I dare not, I dare not delve deeper. You all know, though, you all know why. You do know why. Yeah. Okay, let's carry on. Let's carry on. So, these episodes, because I'm doing the recap again, the first one was episode 21? Yes. And it's about, it's another future episode... And Xavier is trying to figure out when the end of the world is going to take place. And uh, his team of future Apocalypto X-Men get the job done. And he me- he brain-tweets Wolverine. Brain-tweets Wolverine. That uh, <laughs> they have two days till the apocalypse happens. He slides into to Wolverine's DMs. <laughs> I showed Sorry. you a picture of my apocalypse. Why haven't you responded? <laughs> Uh, well, also noted, Xavier says that they learned the information at great personal cost, and the only character who died was their pet robo-sentinel named Rover, but the next time we see the future X-Men, Hellion's not there anymore? And I'm a little, like, Xavier, why didn't you mention the fact that, like, your, 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 your real boy died when you're, <laughs> you were so broken up about your robo-boy? Anyway... The next episode is called Aces and Eights, and I know that because it's about Gambit. Some shenanigans are afoot. Gambit has been hired to steal Magneto's helmet, and he shows up on Genosha and pulls a dr- uh, an iron bull and is like, oh, hey, yeah, like I'm here to steal your helmet, but I'm not going to steal your helmet. You can trust me because I told you. Wink, wink. And Magneto's like, my beautiful boy, yes, come live in my house. And Scarlet Witch is like, hey, Dad, are you fucking this guy? Because why Like, why are you letting him in our house? And Magneto was like, don't talk to me or my son ever again. I trust him very much. He is a beautiful, he's a beautiful boy. And Gambit is like, hey, Magneto, I'm cool, I'm into it, but also your daughter, Polaris. Let me get that. So Gambit, like, starts flirting with Polaris, and he's like, I can show you the world. Shining, Shining shimmering, splendid. exploding cards. <laughs> Tell me, princess, where does Genosa's water supply come from? <laughs> A whole new terrorism. <laughs> Don't you dare close your eyes. So... Gambit does a terrorism, and not only does he steal Magneto's sweet dome, he also blows up Genosa's water supplies and, like, a bridge. Meanwhile, Wolverine is like, hey, Nightcrawler, last time we came to Genosha, Magneto smelled my bones, so I'm only sending you in, even though you have some, like, torture trauma from the last time you were here. Yeah, remember that time they put you in a cage, an anti-teleportation cage? You gotta go back now. By yourself. Yeah. And so we, we get some dope Nightcrawler v. Gambit action. It's great. Um, but Gambit gets away, and he steals the helmet, and then Polaris is like, 
but I loved you. And she like steals the helmet back. And uh, Magneto's like, we're going to kill all these motherfucking humans. And that's the last we see of Gambit. Uh, moving on. Shades of Grey. Uh, Guess who that's about? It's about Jean Grey. What? And, and uh, it's like Jean wakes up in a hospital and like, I don't know why the X-Men didn't fucking check the hospitals for a Jane Doe. Yeah. But they didn't. Especially one with like pink hair because her hair is pink in this. It's, or it's red. It's pink. It's it's definitely red. Whatever you say. So Jean Grey wakes up with pinkish red hair, and is like, "Oh yeah, memories and shit." She's got like got amnesia or something. So it's Scott and Emma versus Angel trying to get Jean Grey. So there's some fighting, and they get Jean Grey back home. The end. Um. She still, like, got... Her memories are all fucked up, though. Uh, but then as soon as they get home, Jean gets kidnapped again. <clears throat> so they rescue Jean, but then Jean gets kidnapped again. Great. Uh, it shows trying real hard to make you care about Jean, but not making it easy. Episode 24 is Foresight Part 1. Um, Jean Grey is captured by the Hellfire Club, and surprise, Emma Frost has been evil this whole time, maybe. And... Magneto has Quicksilver kidnapped Senator Kelly and put him in a cage instead of just murdering him for some reason. And then he has Mystique take Senator Kelly's, like, body role, whatever, (laughs) and is like, we're going to send the Sentinels to Genosha. Foresight Part 2, Emma and the Stepford Cuckoos are trying to, like, Trick Jean Grey into opening up the mental doors that Xavier hid the Phoenix behind, and they're like using teleport or not teleport. They're using like telepathy trickery to do it. Uh, all the X Men are fighting Sentinels, and it's a lot going on. Oh no, I lied. The Sentinels are attacking Magneto, and Magneto uses Magneto powers to make the Sentinels attack humans, and then the X Men start fighting the Sentinels a whole bunch, and that's this episode. And then the last episode is Foresight Part 3. Uh, the, the Cuckoos and Emma... Emma goes to get Scott. And Scott and Emma save Jean. But they the Hellfire Club put the Phoenix in Jean. From Jean into the Cuckoos. The Phoenix is in these five blonde people now. And... Uh, the X-Men are fighting the Sentinels and kind of getting their asses beat, and then the the Phoenix just kills all the Sentinels for some reason, even though I don't know why it would. And then Magneto asks Quicksilver to, like, run him home because he gives up. And uh, the Phoenix then goes out of the Cuckoos and into Emma, and then Emma explodes. And then... Magneto goes back to Genosha, and they're like, fuck you, dad. And Magneto is sad. And then the X-Men all hang out with Xavier's floating head, and he's like, hey, you guys did great. The future is saved from, you know, the one problem, but now Apocalypse is here. And uh, that's not great. 
So yeah, that's the oh, and Wolverine was in the future for some reason. That who knows? I don't know what's going. That on. That was in the confusing. That, yeah, well, I don't know why you couldn't follow that. <laughs> I th- there was a a point way way at the beginning of your uh, synopsis, not during your synopsis, but while I was watching the show, where I very much lost the plot. Where I very much just just abandoned ship on understanding what was going on. Um, we we stopped an episode because we thought we missed one. Yeah, You'll, and we like x we xed out and like started pulling up episode guides and trying to figure out where we missed one because Wolverine just has like five X twenty threes working with him in the future, and I thought that they had to have explained that somewhere, but mm-hmm. no. No, he no. just has five X-23s with him. For five some reason. X, X-23s played by uh, Tara Strong. Is that the right name? Maybe. I don't think she says anything ever, but... That's what I was saying. It's like, why do you bring in Tara Strong if if you don't have, like, a, a amazing monumental part for her? And, like, and it was nothing. They brought in Jennifer Hale for Jean Grey, and she barely did anything. Yeah, but that's something, at least. Like, that's the, the MacGuffin. It's a little something. It's Jean Grey, you know? The X-23 was just like, hey, so I've got <laughs> this plot device to make it easier to fight Sentinels. Oh, great. Um, But <sighs> I digress. We have to talk about this show, and specifically these uh, f- six episodes? Five episodes we watched. Um, five episodes six, of television. Six? Never mind. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It doesn't we matter. Watched we watched to the end. A chunk of episodes. We, we watched all of them. We watched a big old handful of episodes. Less than before. More than I wanted to. Spoilers. Uh, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. These assortment of episodes, uh, did they work for you? I'd fallen off the train. No, I don't. I don't think these ones work for me. Got to be honest. Got to be upfront. It's it's finally happened. So now we we strive for honesty on this show as when it counts during animated mm-hmm. X Men shows. Andy, yes, Ronnie. These uh, just a basket full of of Wolverine and the X Men episodes. Did they work for you? Nope, they did not. It was, uh, these were not good. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Did these, uh, did these episodes of Wolverine and the X-Men work for you? They did not, no. I was very confused. There was a lot going on here. Um, and it wasn't the fun kind of a lot going on that the show did earlier in the season. It was just a lot because we need to move this plot along. Yup. Uh-huh. It was very slow up to this point, I feel like. And then the last five episodes were like, oh, no, we don't have 50 episodes of this season. We got to make some things happen. And they did. Some things happened. I just I don't know what they were. We will talk about all the things that did work for us about these five episodes right after this quick break. gonna believe this there's a fish in the percolator and it's delicious 
Because Fish in the Percolator is a brand new Twin Peaks rewatch podcast, where three gorgeous hosts discuss new and wild killer theories, tasty behind-the-scenes snippets, and the endless whirlwind of themes and dreams of your favourite demonic soap opera. New episodes every other Wednesday on the Lunar Light Studio Network, The Black Lodge, delivered to your mind by throwing rocks at a bottle, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now we're back! Uh, we're back! So let's talk about it. These episodes were not the best, in our opinion, but they had to have some redeeming qualities. What worked for us? About these episodes of Wolverine and the X-Men. Aces and eight. I loved the Gambit episode. Yeah. I know that was probably obvious from my recap, but I thought it was very good. You know what I loved about that episode was your recap of that episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what happened. Uh, I uh, yeah I, I I have that note written that this this was a good episode and I had uh, I had some fighting words written down here that I wanted to uh, share uh, Gambit's accent rules I wanted to Phil, I wanted Phil to, Lamar is excellent Phil Lamar did a fantastic job voicing oh, uh, Gambit and anyone who positives. disagrees huh I was reminding myself that this is the positive section yes yes which means you can't you can't refute that. No, this is positives. It's only positives time. Time for the positives. Also, you can't say you didn't like it because the pirated version we had, everything was squeaky, so you don't know if it was good or not. Oh, oh I don't? No. I don't know? No, Are you, you sure don't know because we watched a squeaky episode, so his accent could have improved. I bet, I bet Nightcrawler would have loved that you were watching a pirated episode. Uh, I I liked in that episode specifically, I just have to point this out, I thought there was a clever use to get away from Nightcrawler's powers where Kurt teleported and Gambit threw like a whole deck of cards up after charging it with the hopes that wherever Nightcrawler like reappeared, he'd be close to one of the explosions. Yeah, just like and totally scattershot, very effective. I thought that was really clever. Uh, so it's it's little shit like that that even in these bad episodes that really shine. Um, there was another moment where Nightcrawler teleported onto a Sentinel and then teleported its head off. He like clutched its face and then teleported again. And I thought that was a very clever like way for Nightcrawler, who's not the most offensive X Man ever. To to take down a Sentinel by himself. So this show constantly has little clever moments of action where I think the the writers and the animators got pretty creative with people's powers, which is cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. They still have um, no idea how to use Storm or Bobby, but that's yeah, that's yeah. neither here nor there. And they never figured it out. Yeah, I, I, I just have here that Gambit would be a better protagonist than Wolverine or Cyclops on this show. I would love to see Gambit and the X-Men. Oh god, his X-Men team would be a mess. Right, right. Have More Gambit of a mess lead than a team. You have Gambit lead a team, you cowards. <laughs> um in episode twenty one, I just wanted to say that I loved our new robot friend Rover. Um, Rover's great. I, I went on a bit of a journey with Rover because I loved Rover, but I hated Marrow, and Marrow like really made me dislike Rover. 
it just it just it was it was a real up and down relationship um i want a friend named bishop so that i can constantly refer to them as sup bish <laughs> that was a good little good little uh almost a curse almost a faux curse on this x-men uh, children's show there was a there was a moment in the last episode where Emma has absorbed the Phoenix Force, and Cyclops yells out Emma, and Kim uh, rolls their eyes and goes, "Oh no, are they going to start shouting each other's names now?" <laughs> because it is a running joke uh, from, I mean, the '90s cartoon, but basically every incarnation of Gene and Scott just yell. Gene, Scott, Gene, Scott at each other. So Scott yelling out Emma was was very funny, and and Kim's joke was very good. I want a supercut of just just the Gene yelling. Uh, uh, Honest Trailers did it, and it's they just did a big cut of Gene and Scott yelling each other's names, and it's hilarious. Oh, there weren't a lot of things I liked about these episodes. No, there were there were not honest. many positives. Yeah. Well, in episode 23, where they find Gene, um, I think Archangel was a great villain for that episode. Like, taking someone that Gene previously knew and might not really remember, but then, like, twisting it around. Um, I just thought it was, like, more interesting and more creative than just having, like, Magneto or Senator Kelly be, like, after her. Um, Even though it still was sinister after her, but, you know. Archangel was a good villain, and Kurt is the ultimate team player. He's, he's for sure, just, for he, sure. He, he in that episode, there's one line where they're like, "Oh, go uh, clear the rest of the house. Make sure no one's here." And Kurt's like, "I'm pretty sure no one else is here. I already told you that, but I'll go check it out anyway." Bamf. <laughs> so my my big issue with the uh, angel as the villain for that episode is. Uh, there's really no reason for him to be mind-controlled. I, I don't remember which of us brought it up while we were watching it, because we, 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 we were think, watching the show with Kim, but, like, there's no reason for Sinister to be mind-controlling Warren because he has perfectly legitimate reasons to not want to be with the X-Men anymore mm-hmm. after how they uh, tried to stop him with his dad. And so I think it would have been a stronger episode if Angel was not being mind-controlled and he was like, Look, like I'm I'm with Sinister now and like you guys are still my friends and I love you and I don't wanna have to fight you, but like Gene's gotta come with me. I think that would have been way more dynamic. Also, the whole like being mind controlled by like a little gem on his forehead, like all Cyclops has to do is look at it. Yeah. So No, that's fair. That's fair. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Angel in this show, and seeing more Angel is always good. But uh, I just, it, it, it's tough when you're you're watching it and like, man, this is good. But I'm not a professional writer or anything. But it could be better. Yeah. No, I mean, you just understand the source material, and there are. I think that that's even within the show itself. I think we've more than established that Angel has a good motivation to side with Sinister at this point. And I I do agree with Andy on that reading. I don't think you need to know anything. I don't know anything about Angel's, like, outside of this show backstory. Uh, and I think that had he decided 
to be evil now, I wouldn't have had a hard time believing that at all. Well, that's the thing is I don't that's what's so great about X-Men villains. I mean, Sinister is by and large a very evil X-Men villain, but I, I think Angel has morally interesting reasons to side with him. And I don't I like I wouldn't consider him evil for doing it in this show. I'm using evil yeah. as like reductively, but yeah, to be to be a bad guy now. Uh, I'm trying to think any more positives. Not enough Toad. No Toad these episodes, I think. Not enough Toad. No, Rover really yeah. took over my Toad love uh, for yeah. these episodes, but I think Toad still hangs on tough as uh, as best best of the show. Best best in show is Toad. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, there were, I mean, there were moments like, I don't know. At the end, it very much was just like, playing like we've talked about how they are playing the hits this was just like jam as many of the hits in as we possibly like we got we got hellfire club and apocalypse within like 40 seconds of each other without actually saying also who they these, were not they to were, mention the stepford cuckoos and the phoenix like yes. they were trying God. they were trying really really hard to very hurriedly make us care about gene gray right at the end there yeah god not even they did Jean a hard Grey, though. Pivot. Like just we, we care about the Phoenix and how the Phoenix has been yeah. like through through the years. Like Gene is just like a vessel in in this like poor plot device. Yeah, but it was never brought up before now. Like this Phoenix no. stuff, it was not not once mentioned before these like last maybe four it, episodes. It was hinted at. They like showed Gene exploding and they showed like fire and like a bird, but like they didn't yeah. say the word Phoenix till these four episodes. Right, right. Sure. That's the thing. At the end of uh, Cyclops' like memory flashbacks, we look up in the sky, and if you don't know about the Phoenix, you're just like, oh. Woman on fire. It's a lot of fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a it's a weird thing to be subtle about in an otherwise very not subtle show. Also, like you can't you can't rush Phoenix Saga. Like that was no. the issue with um the fucking X Men trilogy, the original one, and, and like, the Dark Phoenix movie that just happened. Yeah, yeah is everything that like you, is doing the Phoenix thing. You have to you have to make people already care about Jean Grey, which no one's done. And you have to establish her as kind of a boring, very good, like goody two shoes type person, and then have her go evil with the Phoenix. That's the only way to make it interesting. And this show just had Jean missing the whole time, and then was like, here's Jean. You rescued her from being kidnapped, and we're kidnapping her again now. Also, she and, has amnesia and is confused. And doing Phoenix again now. And it was like, what the fuck? They made Sa- they, they made Sansa Stark Jean Grey. They were playing with that loaded deck, and they still couldn't make us care about her. Yeah, I haven't even seen the newest X-Men movie. I haven't either. I haven't heard good things about it. I don't yeah. want to pass judgment because I haven't seen it, but I haven't heard good things. What else uh, did not work? So, so I have a big one. Magneto. Magneto did not work at all. Magneto is not the character that maybe he canon is or that you want him to be, I think. Well, like, here's the deal. Even even if you're going with a muscularly evil Magneto, which is what they seem to have given us in this last few set of episodes, yes. that's fine. I can stand a good evil Magneto. But 
he gives up for no apparent reason. Like, the Phoenix shows up with the five Stepford Cuckoos and murders a bunch of his Sentinels, and he gets, like, knocked down or whatever. <laughs> and Pietro's like, all right, Dad, like, don't worry, I got you. We can do this. And if you were to ask me, hey, Andy, if Quicksilver and Magneto are teaming up, who could beat them up? I'd, I'd very much struggle having an answer for you. Like... Magneto and Quicksilver are two very powerful, capable mutants. And Magneto's like, nah, I'm out of here. And it's like, really? Like, he's given up that easy? Like, he has apparently worked very hard for this scheme. And he's tossing it in now because a cosmic birdie showed up? I don't know. I have one one positive I want to drop in real quick. I totally forgot about this until you were talking about Pietro. There is a point, I forget what Magneto asks her to do. But Magneto asks Wanda to do something, and it's, like, offensive to her that he would ask that. And she says very derisively, have Pietro do it, like, with a tone of, how dare you ask me? And Pietro is right there, and he goes, like, yeah, Dad, I'll take care of it. Like, very chipper. (laughs) (laughs) They wrote the family very well. Their family dynamics are all very good. Yeah. But uh, Magneto thrown in the towel like that was was very weak. Very, very weak. Should have put up more of a fight. Uh, as another just, like, broad, vague, nonspecific negative, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. yeah. Like, th- there, was so, there was so much incongruent. There was the timeline shift, which, uh, like, again, I'm biased. I don't like time stuff. I don't like time shifting timeline stuff. You're justified here. Like they, they like yeah. went too far in on time stuff and then started to like the second that Wolverine is in both timelines. It's like, nope, nope. You've gone too far. This is, this is too yep. much. Also, Xavier with a gun. Like, I don't need that. It's a brain gun. I'm, I'm fine with like comical characters using guns. I'm not saying guns shouldn't be in shit, but like, that's not who Xavier is. As soon as you're like, no, he's a badass. Now look at him run, jump, and shoot. He punches bad guys and kisses Eric. Like, I don't need that. <laughs> he doesn't need a gun. He can kiss Eric, though. He can kiss Eric, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that both of those complaints, Evan and Andy's, are both tied together in the fact that villains always struggle when there's just not a good plan that the writers have come up with when when nobody knows what's going on and the villains just like we're gonna do this thing and then this thing it's like that doesn't make any sense i don't know why you would do that that doesn't really work there's like there's also like four plots that have to be resolved there's the the um what's the government organization The the mrd the mrd who are villains who have been consistent villains throughout there's magneto who's been a villain throughout now there's this phoenix problem and then i mean that's tied into the the future apocalypse problem but like now the the future apocalypse is approached so like they have four largely discrete problems that they're all like trying to wrap into one thing and resolve all at the same time yeah there, there is a moment where the phoenix or not the phoenix the um the hellfire club they the, the the main guy is like once we have the phoenix we'll take out uh, the x-men and genosha 
and the MRD, and they just like start <laughs> listing off all of the other entities that are going on here, and it's like you're a real late comer to this game, but you really, uh, you really took the ball and ran with it here, and we'll take out the Sentinels, swinging for the fences. Very ambitious supervillain plan that they have. So, Master Mold, the super evil Sentinel in the future that Xavier and Apocalyptic crew are fighting. Is that the booby robot? Yeah, it's the booby oh, robot. okay, I didn't know what and, the booby robot's name and, was. And Master Mold is just ahead at first, but then it rises up out of the ground, and you realize that not only does it have, like, I guess a feminine facial structure with distinguished lips and hair, but... It's got, like... Cable hair, like yeah. long robo hair. But this robot evil overlord, the evil overlord of all the robots, that is itself also a robot that doesn't like have a name. It's just called Master Mold. Also has hips, heels, boobs, and nails, and a <laughs> robot ass. It has it got, ro- it got robot titties. It, it's got robot titties and a thick dummy robot ass <laughs> and heels and nails and hair and lips. What the fuck? What? Uh, what? Why? 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 Even the like chassis on it is kind of like reminiscent of a bathing suit or something. Like it's got like the. You know how stormtroopers kind of have that metal diaper? Yep. It's got that, but, like, with a, like, higher cut at the hips so it looks more feminine. It's and so bizarre. It's got a robot, like, crop top almost, sort of like the midsection I mean, we, of it is a different we texture. We have to remember, we have to remember that Master Mold was being, like, assembled and created back in, like, present time. Um, so, and, and then later... The humans start being like assimilated by the you know the sentinels, and so they become like half sentinels, half uh, half half humans, cyborg folks. So maybe Master Mold was created by one of those super duper horny scientists, and this is this this is all Master Mold's plan to uh, to pay them back is to. Oh, you wanted to make me like a sexy human woman? Well, I'll make all your humans like robots. And they're real sexy to me because you don't know what's kinky to robots. So, like, that's my canon. (laughs) The regular Sentinels, like your average Sentinel, I never thought was overly masculine. I just kind of thought it was like vaguely person shaped, but like it's, it's a robot. It, it like doesn't have like gendered features. It's just like, it's just a robot. It's, it's just a robot. So, I, I guess those are boy robots, and Master Mold is a girl robot. But like at that point, the male Sentinel should have like a bulging uh, plot like, piece. Yeah, yeah, down there, and uh, some like muscles. Yeah, or something. I don't know what boys have. <laughs> They should at least boys have some, are like, the, flashy colors or something like human, that. Andy. There are only two genders now, Master Mold and Sentinel. <laughs> <laughs> and those, it's, I guess there's a third gender, those Sentinel doggos. Right, There's right. only one gender, and it's robot. <laughs> we, ha- we have a Smurfette situation here, and <laughs> all of them should be, like, flexing their muscles constantly, just being like, you trying to mate with me, Master Mold? You trying, trying to, you know... 
bump uh, irons with me? How can anyone impress Masterworld when Xavier now has a gun and shoots things and runs <laughs> and jumps? <laughs> That's that's why she was only uh, on, uh, she was head up above the ground. Who knows what uh, what, what was going on under the ground there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, Master Mold's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It was oh really dumb. man, Master Mold should not be like an extant physical robot. Master Mold should just be like a voice in a computer kind of thing. I had a hero clicks of Master Mold, and it was rad, and uh, it didn't look anything like this weird, sexy robot that we got. Master Mold had like a like a weird computer head, and it was great. It was like a, a giant, a giant head, but that was it. Yeah. Um. I am just this this show just cannot help itself from completely centering itself around Wolverine in every single aspect. And, like, I get it. It's His name's in the title. He's, like, the most oh, popular X-Man ever at this point in history. Fine. But, like, there are other... Like, we spent so much time being like, oh, Vertigo, she's a henchman, and, and this other character, you know, Domino's here. It's just, like, to just re- revert back to... What's going to happen? Who's this powerful mutant that they have locked up? It's always Wolverine. I'm over it. Yeah. I agree. It's no good. Also, at one point, they talk about how combining the genetics of uh, Jean Grey and Cyclops would make, like, the ultimate mutant. And I understand that Jean Grey is, like, one of the most powerful mutants on Earth. But, like, I mean, is, is Cyclops, like that the 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 missing piece to to Jean Grey like is she, is is his powers really gonna like set her over the top? I always no. I, I think they were. I think they were setting up Cable. Because oh. Cable is one of Scott right. and Jean's children from one of the possible future timelines. Right. There's uh, also okay. Rachel Summers, and then we. I mean, Hope. But yeah, that yeah. Makes, I think they were setting up Cable. That makes more sense. I yeah. thought I was confused because, like, I always pictured Cyclops like the, the real like Leonardo type, like not maybe the best or most exciting, but is just a good natural leader. And so, yeah, so, yeah, I, w- I was just like, this is the power, like not a healing factor you want to combine with uh, Jean Grey or like the power to control computers everywhere. Like just. Just optic blasts. That's that's what's gonna make her super duper. Hey, optic blasts are pretty cool. I'm just saying. Eh, but, I think Havoc's got better uh, force blasts than than Cyclops does. You shut your dirty whore mouth. <laughs> Alex Summers has nothing on Scott. I'm just saying. He could see. Oh, he, like he, a, he can walk down you, the street you, with his eyes open. <laughs> you sound like a you sound like a goddamn Avenger, Ronnie. <laughs> You go take your Alex Summers and go join the Avengers. Did Alex Summers join the Avengers? Yes, he did. He was like, oh. I can't I can't follow Scott anymore. He's he's leading the X-Men down a dark path. I'm joining the Avengers. Fuck you, Alex. Oh, You're really yelling at that I'm, mic a lot. I'm, I'm very heated. Yeah, very I can peaky. tell. Very peaky about Alex oh, Summers. Man. I'm just saying, Havoc. he doesn't need Ruby Quartz, you know? He could save a Dude, whole lot of the optometrist. Um, Alex Summers. Oh, gosh. 
Yeah, I, I I just think this show overall, just like I was reading a, 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 a Twitter thread uh, by um, Maddie Myers, who has a, amongst many things, has an X-Men podcast. And, and she was talking about watching some either unreleased or only recently released content from the original 90s X-Men cartoon. Um, oh, right. Where they do like the apocalypse storyline and like a four part arc. Um, and she was just saying that like they they bungled it so bad, like it was real bad and real rushed and really like couldn't couldn't make it happen. And like, I feel like they didn't learn their lesson, you know, whatever, like 20 years later for this show, like X-Men's like an end game for the X-Men is always going to be really difficult to like navigate because like we talked about all the villains that are in place are, are complicated people. It's not all sinister. It's not all Ultron. It's, you know, there, there's, there's nuance to that and to, to try and get to the, the end game to try and really wrap it up. It's like, you really have to take your time and, and, and have a slow burn of it. Well, it really seems like they were trying to, seed the apocalypse stuff early this season and then do a full season with apocalypse as the baddie. The problem is though, they were trying to do that. They were trying to do a bunch of Wolverine's past memory shit. They were trying to do master mold on the Sentinels and they were trying to do Magneto and the Phoenix force and the hellfire club. And any of these things is its own season but you can't try and set up for Apocalypse, have all of Wolverine's past shit, have the Hellfire Club, have the Phoenix Force, and have Magneto and the Sentinel. I, like, I'm, I'm getting confused just trying to list it all here. And I, I think the show is trying to do too many things at once. And while that was, f- you know, I guess okay over the course of the season, when they were trying to wrap it all up, it was awful. Yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Yeah. The the Matty Myers podcast is called The Mutant Ages. Uh if you want to check that out. Um it's very good. There's also I'm going to plug in an X-Men podcast cuz I like it very much. Uh Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men. It's a it's a really good X-Men podcast and Jay is a Cyclops stan like I am and I uh I just want to salute with the X, I did the Cyclops salute to another another Cyclops fan. Uh, well, speaking of explaining the X Men, um, I have talked on past episodes about a uh, a Scholastic Book Fair book about the X Men that I purchased in third grade. Um, guess who found it? Not even looking for what? it at the parents' house today. Yeah, um, it's pretty buck wild. Uh, it's it's uh, the story of the X-Men, how it all began. It primarily focuses on the uh, the first five, uh, the original team. Um, it does have uh, Toad listed as the second of the evil X-Men behind Magneto. So I love that. Yeah. Uh, it also uh, features Scarlet Witch in this book, and it lists her powers as causing metal to melt or objects to burst suddenly into flames. Um and boy, we've come a long way, haven't we? Yeah. 
Yeah, we went from causing metal to melt and causing objects to burst into flame to creating alternate realities and <laughs> uh, all sorts of shenanigans. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I'll put some pictures of these up online on the Twitter. Um, cool. It's it's a real old book, but it's a fun one. It's a it's a fun little testament to the to the, the years of X-Men lore that I've poured through. Um, but you know what X-Men lore we could probably do without is, uh, the past 26 episodes of Wolverine and the X-Men. And that's my, I'm going to jump right in with mine because I've already kind of prefaced it. Uh, yeah, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't work for me overall. Not, uh, wow. Yeah. I, 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 it, it started very strong, but I cannot forgive that ending. Uh, it, it just really, it really, uh, fumbled the ball. At the at the twenty yard line or so, I really feel like we need to have a list of shows that worked for Ronnie and shows that didn't, because I'm kind of shocked that this is ending up in the didn't work for Ronnie column. I just it it I, I mean okay so let's do this. Did it Andy? Did it work for you? So, Master Mold's big metal titties are real terrible. These last three episodes are absolute garbage. But I think the show overall still worked for me because we got amazing voice actors like Nolan North and uh, Phil Lamar and our good, good, good. His name's not Caleb. It's Liam O'Brien. I was about to say Caleb. Uh, that, that is his D&D character. Uh, but, yeah, we got some great voice performances by people. Um, so, yeah, I think overall it still worked for me. Uh, and the episodes that were good were really good. The episodes that were bad were all about Wolverine and very bad. But as a whole, the show still worked. What about you, babe? Um, I'm actually on the same page as Andy. Uh, there were a lot of episodes that wow. really did not work. There were a lot of episodes that really didn't work and that I really did not like. But um, I kind of... I judged this to a certain extent on... Uh, whether or not I'm dreading having to watch the show for the next segment. And at no point was I dreading having to watch this show, even when it was bad. Uh, like it was fairly inconsequential and inoffensive to me when it was bad. Uh, there were some things in it that were so bad that they were hilarious. And then there were other things about it that were really good. And I really genuinely enjoyed, I really genuinely enjoyed that angel episode. That so angel my, episode was so good. Uh, and quite a few of the nightcrawler episodes were also very good and very enjoyable. I liked Wanda. I liked Pietro, uh, Magneto, not so much, but yeah. So my net, my net experience was a positive. So I'm going to say great. No, I didn't like Gambit. No, it's okay. No, we almost got all the way through without Evan being able to refute our Gambit uh, love. Bad um, accent. Bad. It was good. It was very good. I loved no, it a lot. No, no, um, Very Kit Fisto. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that this turned out the way it did. I, to your point, Evan, I did not look forward to watching any of these final episodes it was uh it was a real slog there were some some good moments of course but i just you know when you see the writing on the wall early that like magneto's plan doesn't make sense and all of a sudden they they have to like muddy the waters with the hellfire club and apocalypse and sinister and it's just 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 tell a story i i i don't know 
I have another negative now. God damn it. <laughs> Go um, for it. The whole, like, thing with the X-Men and, like, why they don't kill Magneto and why doesn't Magneto just kill the X-Men is because, like, at the end of the day, they both respect mutant life and, like, don't want to don't wanna kill mutants. Like, that's, that's Magneto's whole thing. Like, literally in the first three episodes, Magneto stomps the entire X-Men team and is like, I could kill you guys, but I'm not going to because, like... You're mutants and you're welcome in Genosha. So to then at the end have Magneto be like, oh, I'll sacrifice any mutant life if it means freeing all of mutant kind. Uh, that doesn't work. Yeah, that's, that's real a, bad writing. That's a that's real uh, that's a real trolley car scenario there, you know? Yeah, that's, that's real sloppy. Magneto's anyway, got to study, study up on the good place in his philosophy classes. Yeah. Um, yeah, this this book that I uh, that I have actually um it goes like kind of gives an overview of the first X-Men comic um where the X-Men first take on Magneto and at the end of it it's it has Magneto saying like you like there are some mutants that should not control the world. Like there are some mutants that should not take over the world and the X-Men are that. Um it doesn't say there are some mutants who should be like crushed under my fist or there's some mutants should be like dead. Um, there are some mutants who just should not be in charge. And that's, I think that speaks a lot to what you're saying. Andy. it just like from the beginning, uh, uh, Magneto still understood that like, Nope, Nope. We're not going to kill all these people. But there are some that should be in the the haves and some that should be in the have-nots in the new society. The Brotherhood and the X-Men could destroy each other, but they're both choosing not to go to that place because of how much they respect each other. And, um, you know, to varying degrees. I don't know if anyone respects, like, Toad, except for (laughs) us. We, We love Toad here. But Toad is go good, so good. You know what I'm he's saying. He's wearing like a medieval costume in this book, and he's ugly. Oh, as does sin. he have the jester outfit? Yeah, I love Toad's old jester outfit. Oh, that's definitely going on the Twitter. Oh, oh he's such a. I he's so I had hideous, the, but he's such a good boy. I had the Game Boy game where it was it was like ah, Mortal yes. Kombat, but X Men, and Toad had a silly jester outfit in it. Mm-hmm, I loved it mm-hmm. very much. He he is that that you know how we in the culture there's the you know the monster the the queer uh, the villains villains who who are queer coded and things like that he is like a very fuckable monster I feel like you you and that's uh, how we lost you there Ronnie and we just heard you say very fuckable monster and I'm <laughs> gonna assume you were I'm gonna assume yeah. you were talking about Nightcrawler. No, no, no. You you know what we I was talking about. You know who Ronnie was talking about. <laughs> Come on. Don't be a fool. All right. You two monster I, fuckers on my podcast. I'm over here with like perfectly regular fetishes <laughs> while you two are yeah. like, I want to fuck Toad. I want to fuck Nightcrawler. Fucking normie over there. Yep. Boring. Uninspired. Basic. That's not true. I love you. Yeah. I love you very much. <laughs> <laughs> do we want to do season two of this because i feel like season two is pretty well drawn out and also i don't know how much like x-men lore there is left after this uh this this just ran off the hits of a season 
it's pretty obvious. They had Magneto hit rock bottom, and then they brought in Apocalypse. So from there, Magneto joins the X-Men and helps defeat Apocalypse. Like, the writing's on the wall. Uh, I mean, y'all know what I want. And all I want is all Nightcrawler all the time. Just all Nightcrawler all the time. Do you just want Show Wolverine to fuck Nightcrawler? I don't. It doesn't have to be Wolverine. I don't care that much about Wolverine. It's got to be that, canon, Evan. It's got to be canon. Look, it, it, like it makes the most sense relationship dynamic wise, but like he can find a new boyfriend. I don't care. I'm open. I'm open to all the possibilities. <laughs> yes, yes. So good. So good. All yeah, right. I don't have a clever. I don't have a clever idea for no. a season two they were yeah. they had it was such a jumble at the end there that i don't know where they were going there's a lot of places they could have gone i don't particularly like any of them don't want more future stuff but boy i love nightcrawler and angel's really growing on me so angel can be involved angel's gay sometimes when neil gaiman writes him mm, i love great. neil gaiman angel is such like a queer allegory i don't understand how angel is not like canonically gay yeah. Good job, Neil Gaiman, for being the only author I know of who made Angel gay in anything. And that was in Marvel 1602, which is great. Everyone should read it. X-Men are witches in it. And of course they are. Of course they are, Neil Gaiman. Yep, it's great. There's dinosaurs in America. And we're living with the dinosaurs at the end of America. I mixed up the words there. Anywho, um, I want to give a very, very special shout out to, to, me. A, to a fan who sent us something cool to the email. Oh, um, nice. This, yeah. is, this is from the only name that they have here is Electric Gauntlet. Um, and they That's say, a dope hey, ass name. yeah, right. Can, yeah. can we, can we go back to that electric gauntlet? It's pretty cool. That's pretty fucking dope. Yeah. That's fucking badass. Yeah. All right. Continue. Sorry. They, uh, they say, Hey, ending pending pod made this and eventually felt that I might as well share it. Feel free to use this or not. No worries. Either way. I understand if you have your own system going best wishes. And it is a, a recommendation list complete with, uh, the average episode length, hours of watching all together, episodes in the season, there are links to it and images. Holy shit, who it, did all of our work for us? Who is this, this angel? Is, this is, this is, this Electric is the greatest. Gauntlet. Electric, Electric Gauntlet, Gauntlet you, has absolutely crushed I, it. I feel like it was that old, was it like the Nintendo Gauntlet? The Power Glove. Yeah, that's, that's who the fuck just sent us this. I love it. Uh, yeah. Electric Gauntlet gets to be a, a knight now, also, in addition oh, to Sir yeah. Nee. Sir Electric Gauntlet. Wielder of the Electric Gauntlet. Sir oh, yeah. Gauntlet, we don't need to wielder get- of the Gauntlet. Or Lady... I, I don't know. Uh, We'll use knight here as a non-gendered term. Sir, S-E-R. Yeah. Sir Gauntlet, yeah, so thank f- you very much. We love it. This is This is the kind of thing we want from you fans. This is what we lo- we love hearing. <laughs> yeah, do all, all about. the work. For it, us. If you could also do record your us. reviews of these shows and send them to <laughs> us, so we can just play that. We right, love it. Right. Oh man, this podcast is a ton uh, of work, though. God. Yeah. 
Yeah. You have to uh, watch so thank shows. you very much, Electric Gauntlet. Uh, we we love we love anything that anyone ever sends us. This is just extra extra. We cool. get very excited easily. Oh yeah. So thank you for that. Um, if you want to send us stuff, you can do so by sending an email to our Gmail account. That is pendingpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, pendingpod at. Oh, you can follow us on Twitter at pendingpod. Follow us on Instagram at ending pending. Follow us on Facebook at. Let me start that over. Uh, you can follow. You can follow us on Twitter at pending pod. Follow us on Facebook at pending pod. Follow us on Instagram at ending pending. Uh, and donate to our Patreon. That is lunar light. That is patreon.com slash lunar light HQ. Please do that. Uh, we're going to be doing a special thing coming up in uh, in October. It is October now. We're going to be doing a special thing this month for Spooky Pride. Uh, so keep it tuned to our Twitter to find out more about that. We'll be giving you more information as we have it. Um, and uh, yeah, check out LunarLightStudio.com for more great podcasts uh, like Mock Footage and Deck of Friendship. Yeah. Uh, what show are we doing next? Ooh. Oh, I, I I said the thing too early. Oh yeah, it's okay. Through the magic of editing, no, you didn't. <laughs> um, I almost want to look at the the list so kindly oh, submitted. Oh, that's fair. So I'm that's gonna. That's fair. I, yeah. I had one in mind, but now I want to take a quick look see at that. And we'll we'll just leave yes. our listeners in suspense for a little bit. They can live with that. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love it. I right, love listeners. It. Right. Yeah. All right. So we will uh, we will check out our Twitter, check out our Facebook, and we'll let you know what show is coming up next. Uh, but until then, go ahead, Andy. Don't tell Pawn Shop Lou. Righto. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.